Big Ten Football Media Days start tomorrow. Football right around the corner. Expansion, the future of the schedule. What about the Iowa-Iowa State game? From LaShawn Daniels' perspective, revenue sharing for players, a good idea. And the media poll is out. Where the Hawkeyes pick to finish in the Big Ten West. All coming up on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. at it with another edition of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get podcasts. Trent Condon, LaShawn Daniels with you as we talk Hawkeye football, getting ready for the season here on the eve of Big Ten Football Media Days. It'll be happening in Indianapolis and a lot of good information will be coming out. LaShawn, how are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Loving it. Um, anytime we're on the pod, talk a little bit of my Hawks, talk a little football. It's always a good day. That it is. And a thank you to LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. We got lots to get into here and want to kind of give a further overview of what we anticipate we're going to see here over the next couple of days. It'll start tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning at 915. That's when Kevin Warren, the commissioner, will come to the podium and speak. It'll be first time we've heard really public statements from him since the expansion with USC and UCLA coming in two years down the line. Further expansion, that's going to be a big question. And LaShawn, we've talked about this a little bit going back to last week, but The Big Ten as we know it. I'm a little older than you, but the Big Ten, for me growing up, it was not what it has morphed into with the additions of Rutgers and Maryland and even Nebraska. And now what it is today, and we look further with USC, UCLA. If there's further expansion, Notre Dame, that's a no-brainer. I think most every fan would love to see Notre Dame join the conference and get to see them come to Kinnick Stadium and, and how awesome that would be and see the gold lids coming out there. But some of the other programs that are talked about, the Oregons, Washington, Stanford, Cal, going to the ACC and bringing in a North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Georgia Tech, schools like that. For you, you're a Big Ten guy. Lived in Ohio. Your dad went to Ohio State. You and your brother played for the Hawkeyes. You're Big Ten people in a Big Ten family. If it continues to expand, is that a good thing in your mind for Big Ten and what we think of Big Ten football? Um. I mean, it's it's a good thing for money. <laughs> I mean, <Right. laughs> other than that, um, uh, like as far as like you know that classic brand of, of Big Ten football, you know, being in the Midwest, being in that like that hard nose um, football, especially in November when it starts to get cold out, and you know, championships are on the line. It's it, it's definitely going to change some things, right? It's going to change some rivalries. It's going to add different elements to different things, right? I mean, obviously, Notre Dame is a team that, that fits, right? I mean, they're, they've been they're, – they're basically right here in Chicago practically. Um, so, obviously, like a team like that, that would make sense. But, like, when you start looking 
you know, more on the East Coast and you're looking at North Carolina or you're looking at Clemson or you're looking at West Coast, right? You're looking at Oregon or Washington. Like at that point, it, like, is it even the Big Ten anymore? Like, should just come up with an entirely new name, um, form essentially uh, just called whatever, what it is, and it's a giant mega conference. Um, and then divide it into divisions between that. Like, I don't know, like, I don't really know really what that, what that future looks like, but I mean, if they keep going the route of obviously trying to expand, obviously we know the reason why behind it, right. It's, it's all, all for money. Um, but that classic brand of big Ten football, it's obviously, it's, it's slowly starting to, to move away. Another big question that's going to be there is the possibility of divisions being no more in, of course, Iowa, they're set very well. They're taking on teams that are very similar to them in the Big Ten West. But if that goes away and it's just the top two teams that get to a Big Ten championship game, I, A, it's going to make it a lot harder for Iowa to make a trip to Indianapolis because it's not about beating Wisconsin and Nebraska and Minnesota and the like. It's about also beating Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State on a year-to-year basis just to get to that championship game. That's become such more, much a more difficult task for a program like Iowa when you look at the divisions, yes, it's set up well for Iowa. I think all Hawkeye fans can admit that. They got the easier side of the draw, certainly, with the way that these divisions are dri- written up. But it's something realistic to shoot for. Every single year, you feel like the program, that's a realistic spot to start. At minimum, can he compete in the Big Ten West? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, uh when you look at the conference as a whole, and you look at the divisions. Obviously, yes, the the East definitely has a lot stronger, less stronger uh, teams, right? I mean, you you look at the top, right? You look at Ohio State, you look at Michigan, you look at Michigan State, you look at Penn State, right? Those four teams. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal football teams. But they put out, for the most part, really, really good teams year in year out, right? On the West side, right, it's kind of really really hit or miss some years. Um, some years, some teams are really really good. Other years. Um, teams are kind of down, right? And uh, so lately, right, Wisconsin has really been the, the dominant team for for really a while while now. I see Iowa, we, we have our years like last year and even back in 2015. Um, see, it, it is the easier side of the conference when you look at it as a whole, but obviously it's, it's a tough one for ball games regardless of the side you're on. But yeah, you're right. Being able to be able to compete and honestly, I feel like we should be obviously contending for the Big Ten West title every single year, especially if we want to take, you know, that next jump as a program, right, and to get into upper echelon level to where we're not just competing for, for Big Ten titles. You know, you're, we're out there actually winning them. Well, and the other thing is, if you put Ohio State in the other division, that would be the dominant division. Ohio State, they just exactly. have completely you know, changed the perspective of everything here. And you look at, you know, the historical notes since they went to the East-West divide, it's basically 50-50 in terms of games won. You take Ohio State out of the equation, actually the West has a better record versus the East than vice versa there. It's Ohio State. They are on their own playing field as it pertains to this conference as a whole. Yeah, Michigan made the playoff last year. They were a really good team. Michigan State won it in 2015 with the win against you guys in that title game. But as a whole, when you look at it, Ohio State, they're their own tier, and then you get into that next group. And that next group, Michigan was great last year. Penn State's had good teams. Michigan State... But I would put Iowa and Wisconsin on that same tier, at least over the last decade, than those three programs from the East. It's just, it's just those Buckeyes that screw everything up for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're a team that practically make a playoffs every single year that 
uh, you know, it's been a thing. Right? It's usually going to be a pretty tough, tough matchup, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, they, they definitely screw everything up, right? I mean, they're every year top five team in the entire country. So, yeah, obviously, if any side has that, right, you're going to be a little bit stronger. So, um, I would agree. I mean, I feel like I was put ourselves put themselves in a really good position to be right below like that tier, right? As you just mentioned, right? Same with Wisconsin and, you know, competing and beating, you know, Wisconsin, I mean, beating um, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, because obviously they both, both teams have done it over the past um, several years. So, so yeah, I, I would agree with that. Lots of talk about the schedule also changing, going from now nine conference games back to eight. Want to get into this, the future of the Iowa-Iowa State game from a former player's perspective, a guy that didn't grow up in the state with LaShawn. We'll talk about that. Revenue sharing for players, that's on the table as we get ready for Big Ten Football Media Days. Back with more on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. I have a small business. You may have a small business or you're a hiring manager for a huge firm. Whatever it is, this is the place you want to go to find those candidates Get it sorted out. I know you're looking for somebody. So many resumes, so many different backgrounds. LinkedIn can help you find that right person. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond in the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word you're hiring so your network can find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So LaShawn, I mentioned the future of the Iowa, Iowa state game. And I have to explain this to my radio partner all the time. So he's Canadian, grew up in Canada, moved here. He is actually the race caller at the horse race, uh, horse track here in Des Moines. So he is only known the rivalry for Iowa from a Des Moines perspective, from a central Iowa perspective. And, how big the Iowa-Iowa State game is, it's huge here. It's absolutely monstrous. But I explain, in eastern Iowa, it's not that big of a deal. I grew up in north Iowa. For me, it's not even close. The biggest rivalry for me is Minnesota. I grew up going to that game, going up to the Minid- the Metrodome. That's the biggest rival for me. You go to Dubuque, it's Wisconsin. It depends on what part of the state you're in. You're on the west side of the state, it's Iowa-Nebraska. So the Iowa-Iowa State game, though it's huge here in our neck of the woods, where I live in central Iowa in Des Moines, that's not the case across the state. I want to get your perspective on that game and what it was like maybe even going into the Cyhawk game every single year. A guy that grew up in Ohio, didn't know the rivalry, obviously, the way that it was. What was the rivalry? What was Iowa-Iowa State, at least as you were getting ready for it in your playing days? Yeah. Um, for starters, obviously, like we, we understand um, you know, it's an important game. Every football game is an important game. Right? Anytime... But then you add, an, add another element to, well, there's obviously a trophy on the line. Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, the trophy doesn't really really matter. But, you know, it's, it's nice to win trophies when you have an opportunity to win one, right? You want to win it. And when you think about, I mean, they're the only other Power 5 team in the state 
Um, you're like, well, okay, you, you definitely want to have state bragging rights. Like, that's for sure, right? I feel like coming in here, being from Ohio, I mean, I didn't really, you know, knew too much about the rivalry. I figured, I figured any time when, um, you know, you have two state schools that go up against each other, right, it's going to be a pretty, 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 pretty big deal. So, um, all in all, though, like, going into that game, like, we knew that, hey, they're going to treat it, they're going to basically treat it like a Super Bowl, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they know that, like, Especially at the time when I was in school, I feel like their program. I felt like they've done some they've done some really good things over the past few, few years. Um, but when I was in school, right, the program, you know, they, they weren't really they weren't great, right, um, to put it bluntly. And they basically would just be every be Iowa every now and again. So it was a game that at the time was like, hey, we we, we expect to win win this game, right? We're 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 the better team, right? We've got better players, better coaches. Um, all in all, like we know that it's a game that we should win. So uh, that's really kind of, especially that's that's really the main reason why how I looked at it. Like players that are from Iowa um, and that kind of lived here their entire life might, might look at it um, differently. Um, but I knew, like, hey, in the grand scheme of things, like um, especially with our goals that we have at the end of the season, trying to win Big Ten title um, and you know make it into the playoffs. Uh, the Iowa State game, yeah, it's important. There's a trophy on the line. Um, it's a game that we want to win. Um, but there's there's going to be other games, other bigger games that we're going to hit. Um, you know, later later down down the road. Yeah, so. I and that's kind of the perspective. Now, if the Big Ten makes the decision to go back to eight conference games, the Iowa State game is going to stay. It's going to be there. But looking to the future, mm-hmm. and if it becomes where they continue with nine conference games or even go to ten which could be a possibility down the line, playing even more Big Ten games as more and more teams continue to grow into the Big Ten structure, yeah. there's a possibility that game would go away. I personally, this is what I maintain. If the schedule basically stays the same, Iowa has no flexibility anymore. There's no more games where they played Arizona State in the past. They played Pittsburgh. They played Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, they had some big-time games that they played. Colorado, UCLA, they had all kinds of great non-conference games those are no more because you're going to have your two bye games. You're going to take on a UNI, a FCS team, a MAC team, something like that, Iowa State, and then one other. With this, I would propose four years on, four years off. That would give the ability for both Iowa and Iowa State to go out and schedule. And Iowa, again, you know, can play in Arizona State. They can go out there and schedule a Georgia Tech, whatever it may be, just something different and something for the fan base, I think, to get excited about in the non-conference. Now, I'm told all the time that yeah. it's too good for the state. You can't do that. You can't have this game go away. <laughs> you know what? If you don't play it, guess what happens? Then people just argue on Twitter and on, on radio shows and podcasts <laughs> and argue who would have won that game. So I said, ultimately, it would be fine. That's my proposal. I don't want the game to go away completely, but I would like to see some kind of flexibility for Iowa in the non-conference scheduling. Yeah, I, I'm kind of right. Th- I'm, I'm right there with you um, for a few reasons. I mean, because again, like I talked about like, with my buddies like all the time, like, like, hey, like, yeah, like you see these other schools and they schedule these awesome, um, fun non-conference matchups, and then you look at Iowa, it's like, well, we only have that opportunity to do that because when you have you know nine conference games and then you add in, um, you know, another Power Five. Teams such as Iowa State, when you have that rivalry every single year, like after that, it's like, like, like it's like it's, it's like it's definitely tough. It's something that obviously, like, hey, uh, you know, you want to obviously have scheduled good opponents, but it's very, very difficult to have you know 12, 12 power five opponents and you know, go in week in week out. So to have some flexibility to maybe add some other teams and 
create some excitement um, around some some different teams on your schedule, I think would be very, 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 very fun for not only just um, the, the players of the program, but, but for the fans as well. Obviously, it's a, it, it's an exciting time around the Seahawks um, game every single year, whether it's, you know, football, basketball, wrestling, you know, you name it. It's always an exciting time. Um, but with the future, especially with how this conference realignment is, um, yeah, I could see that game possibly going away and, um, you know, maybe looking at some, some other teams to play. But um, all in all, it is, it is a good thing for the state, but I would love to see some, some different games on my schedule for sure. One final talking point for Big Ten Football Media Day is I want to get your perspective on it, and that's a proposal. Sean Clifford of Penn State, the quarterback for the Nittany Lions, he is among a group of players that got the year of Kevin Warren and had an ability to talk to him a little bit about revenue sharing. Now, I read an article about it. I'll be honest, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around it. You know, does this become make these players become employees and then is it become unionized? And and there's so many layers to this that is way over my understanding of a lot of different things. But I'll tell you, LaShawn, looking at this and the perspective and the willingness by Kevin Warren to at least listen to them and say that this is a possibility. Revenue sharing as certainly as it pertains to the television contracts. What does that trickle down look like? You know, is it a thousand dollars a year, is it a couple thousand, whatever it turns out to be, but Feels like another one of these paths, and we've talked about this a lot with NIL and more money coming to these players. But if you can just dip your toe into that TV market, well, we know how much money is there. If they can make this happen, talk about a big time win for the current players. Yeah, um, see, that's that's where it's going to be interesting. Like for for something to happen like that, right? Obviously, it'd be a huge, huge win for the players. They could get something, anything done, right? But they're going to have to obviously have some type of union or someone like backing them to try to negotiate, you know, fair, fair price between, um, you know, the, the schools in the Big Ten and obviously the, the TV companies, right? I mean, you look at, you know, the NFL, NBA, right? They have their, their players' unions that are looking out for, for players to make sure that they get somewhat of a fair deal, even though the NFL, PA, they, they don't do the best <laughs> job, right? They're nowhere near as good as the NBA uh, PA. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting um, if they could work something out. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to really hold my breath for it. I mean, because, I mean, the OTV contracts, I mean, that's a huge, huge reason why, um, you know, the Big Ten is obviously working for expansion, right? I mean, these, these schools, these universities, I mean, they, they want they want that that big share of the money. And, and you know, obviously, it took a long time just for us to get to the NIL um, portion of things. Um, so I feel like T contracts and to be part of, you know, the additional revenue sharing is going to be, <clears throat> that's going to be even a, a tougher, tougher battle. Um, because now you're going to talk about making employees and all these different things, um, which is much more different than, you know, just, um, capitalizing off your name and likeness. So, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting, interesting development, how, that ends up playing out, but yeah, obviously it's going to be some type of union. It's going to be someone, you know, backing the players and having the best interests of these guys. And you know, it's really like what it's going to look like. Like, how's it look like? Is it just going to be football, basketball? It's going to spread to all the sports, right? It's, it's, uh, there's a whole bunch of questions that will have to be be asked and answered. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Trent Condon, Lashawn Daniels. It's a Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. 
Finishing up here, we look at the media poll came out today on eve of Big Ten Football Media Day. Is no surprise the Buckeyes, the pick in the East. Who was it in the West? We continue on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, LaShawn, we look at the football media poll that comes out. Overall, 36 media members across the Big Ten landscape, they were polled for this one. No surprise, it is Ohio State, the pick to win the East Division. All 36 voters had the Buckeyes at number one. Michigan 2, Penn State 3, Michigan State 4, Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana rounds it out in the East Division. No surprise. It's so difficult to pick against Ohio State this year. Of course, with C.J. Stroud man in the quarterback position, Smith the Jigba, how good he was, obviously, in the Rose Bowl a year ago. Defense, they bring in Jim Knowles to be the defensive coordinator after the wizardry that he had at Oklahoma State. Buckeyes are talented, they're good, and they got a chip on their shoulder after taking the L last year against Michigan. Can you come up with a compelling pick for anybody but the Buckeyes in the East? Uh, no, <laughs> to be honest, no. Um, I mean, you look at the Michigan team, obviously they lost some phenomenal players on that defense um, that they're going to have to try to replace. So obviously like Michigan as a team, you know, they, they typically reload um, every single year. So they're going to have good players in there, but you know, it's, it's not easy to replace a first round draft pick. Um, and then you look at some of these other schools, I mean, you look at, you look at Penn state, let's see, they, they've got a quarterback, back there that feels like he's been there for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that they're going to have, have a good leader back there. And then Michigan State, you know, I say they lost their superstar running back last year, but like they really, he really is character with that team last year. So, and then I see got Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana, unless they <laughs> <laughs> uh, show something spectacular, right? I'm not expecting, you know, them to really, really push for, for the Big Ten. So it's, it's honestly, it's really Ohio State division to, to lose. That offense is going to be phenomenal. I mean, you've got obviously led by CJ Shroud. You already mentioned uh, Smith and Jigba. You um, then they got Trey John Henderson, who's another fantastic running back. Um, and then they always have they always have solid offensive linemen. And then you know they'll they'll fill in other skill player players um, regardless. So yeah, I can't really make an argument for really anyone else out of the East right now um, besides the Buckeyes. Dominating there, all 36 first-place votes. In the West, it was nearly as dominating. 31 first-place votes for Wisconsin. Iowa second in the poll. They picked up three first-place votes. Minnesota third, two first-place votes for the Gophers, followed by Purdue, Nebraska, Illinois, and Northwestern in the number seven spot there. I guess Wisconsin is my favorite, too. If I had to, if I probably was voting on this poll, I probably would have had it basically the same kind of way. I was just surprised. I didn't think the gap between Wisconsin and everybody else was going to be that significant. Yeah. Um, I mean, a year in, year out uh, in the West, I mean, it's, it's tough to go against Wisconsin. I mean, you know what you're going to get when you go against that football team. They're going to be very, very strong on defense. Um, they're going to have fantastic offensive linemen, and they're going to have a really, really good running game. And they're basically going to force you to play their brand of football, right? They do it every single year to teams in the Big Ten, teams in different conferences, right? You, you know exactly what you're going to get um, with Wisconsin. Um, I feel like the reason being uh, they have that that jump, uh, that distance between themselves and really some of these other other programs is because some of these other programs in the West, I mean, just the, the quarterback position is is really, really that important, right? I mean, I know Iowa was picked second, right? If if Iowa's quarterback position was a little bit more solidified and you had 
um, a guy who's back that back there that he felt like was a true difference maker, I'd be willing to bet that I would be, you know, the pick two in the West, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota and, and Purdue, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're good football teams, but um, so I just I feel like, like their talent level isn't quite as high as maybe it is in Iowa, from Iowa or Wisconsin. So they're, they're not really ever up there as much. Um, and then that kind of continues with some of the rest of the programs down there at the bottom. Um, even though Northwestern, every single, every now and again, right, they, yep. they have a really good team out there that, that comes out to, to play and contend in the West. But, yeah, Wisconsin, you know you're going to get a very, very solid brand of football, and, and their guys don't make mistakes. And they, got, they put quarterbacks back there that really can, can honestly make plays, um, you know, when when the time does come. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I understand why, why Wisconsin was picked to win the West, but Again, it'll be interesting. The West, I feel like, is always is always a battle um, year in, year out. So it'll be interesting, interesting to watch. Uh, your Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in this preseason poll was Jack Campbell of Iowa. Nick Herbig from Wisconsin finished second. Zach Harrison of Ohio State third. Riley Moss also in the top five. And Joey Porter Jr. of Penn State rounds out the top five for Defensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year, it was C.J. Stroud in the top spot. Jackson Smith-Najigba in his second followed by Braylon Allen, the running back from Wisconsin, Blake Corum of Michigan, and then Aiden O'Connell of Purdue, the quarterback in the number five spot. A lot of good talent coming back this year in the Big Ten. Should be a very, very fun race. Wrapping up here with you, LaShawn, and I want to get your perspective on one final thing. I'm sure this is also going to be a conversation tomorrow at Big Ten Football Media Days, and that is the possibility of the NCAA doing away with anything pertaining to the transfer rule. Now, of course, you're allowed to transfer now. It's different than it was in the past. You can transfer one time, not have to sit out. Now, if you transfer a second time, you do have to sit out. All kinds of rules that have been put in place because of that, and that might be no more. Free agency, if you will, completely upon college football. Good thing, bad thing, how do you see it? It's it's tough. It's tough. Um, Because the reason being is because, I mean, Coaches, right, they can up and leave any point in time, right? Uh, they can take another job um, and, you know, have no repercussions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, players, they don't really get that opportunity to, to do that, right? So I like the idea of adding putting more power in the um, players' hands, right? I mean, I'm all for, for, for that, right? I mean, these are, these are the guys that are out here that are working. These are the ones that are... Um, performing on Sundays, right? And they're the ones that, at the end of the day, they're the ones that are um, helping put, put people on the stands, right? Um, but I feel like it comes to a point, like, there has to be some type of rules or regulations, like, around it, whether, you know, it can only happen during a certain point in time in the year mm-hmm. or, or something, right? Because you're going to get to the point where basically teams are going to be, be tampering, right? Trying to recruit guys like in season and, and different things like that. Um, and being able to essentially just go to the highest bidder when or whenever um, they're, they're have a chance to. So uh, it's, it's tricky. It's just really, really tricky to think about and to look at. But um, if I had to choose one way or the other, I'm all for just giving letting the, the players have more power and let them, you know, transfer, transfer as, as it is. I mean, you don't stop someone from taking another job, um, you know. Um, so I, I kind of feel like the same way, same way here. So 
I'm right there with you. The players having that opportunity, you don't know what they're going through, the decision-making behind it. But for a program like Iowa, that's a developmental program, and you know what, LaShawn, you take your lumps early on, you're not going to see the football a whole lot, you're maybe not going to play a whole lot, but if you put in that grind and you put in the work, it is going to pay off. And how many of those guys are just going to look around and say, you know what, it's not for me. I know I can go to a max school and play right away. I can transfer down. I can transfer somewhere else and get that opportunity. You'd think that something like this might actually be a little bit of a detriment with the way that the Iowa program has been built. You know, it could be, right? Um, it could be. But I think Iowa has such a great culture um, to the point where I feel like, hey, if guys want to be in and you know they want to really develop themselves and become a really, really high-quality football player, that – they're gonna they're gonna stick it through, right? Because I mean, heck, even with the transfer portal, even if you do decide to transfer, right? There's no guarantee that you end up at another school, right? And there's no guarantee that you're even gonna play at that school either, right? Because mm-hmm. no matter what, where you go, I mean, there there there's all the Division One football players at these places as well. So it's not just gonna be a walk in the park like, hey, I'm just gonna come in and start no matter what. I mean, they're they're still gonna have to work. They're still gonna have to, um, you know, really grind through it. So. Um, all in all, I feel like Iowa's culture is very, very strong um, to a point where it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep some guys. You're essentially gonna keep guys that that, that you really want to keep. Um, uh, at the end of the day, obviously, you're gonna have some some players that that you like that that are good that can you feel like they can help you that are gonna transfer. But that's just gonna be that's just gonna be it. I mean, it, it is what it is. You can't control that. But when you have a culture as strong as Iowa's. I feel like the players that you really, really want, the players that you're going to want to count on at the end of the day, um, you know, when the going really gets tough, are going to be the ones that are going to st- stick it through and, and continue to to work through the program. Big Ten football media days get started tomorrow, Tuesday. And I'll start with Kevin Warren talking at 9.15 Central Time. Kirk Ferentz will be talking to the media 10.45 Tuesday morning Central Time. And then, LaShawn, we're going to peel back the curtain of football camp. If you're going to take us inside what it was like getting ready for football practice and and what those, well, they're not exactly two-a-days anymore, but what August camp was look like. Uh, looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get to know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts on Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Back at it later in the week, more Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Go Hawks!